Very good, thank you. Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Always nice to be coming off a of Hawks three wins in a row. And Geelong three wins in a row. Pretty good. And Fremantle. Oh, no, wait. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and Collingwood, I guess. I mean, yeah, some of these teams are doing very well. Others, not so much. But no, everyone's in a much happier mood coming into today. Uh, we've uh, not done as well again in fantasy this week, but... We've put it to one side and we're just focusing on the positives. So, uh, Jono, why don't you kick us off with how you went this week? Uh, I had a 1,216, which it didn't it, – it pushed me down a little bit, but not too far. I think I've, I've held on to 187th overall, uh, which is not ideal. But, you know, I, I still feel like three rounds to go. I'm in with a shot at the top 100 still. So very excited to sort of end the season strongly. Will, what about you? Yeah, I managed to uh, top score this week. I seem to always do well in the weeks where everyone else does uh, poorly, given how different my team is. Uh, so yeah, I managed to score a 1,276 overall rank of 492. So I've pushed into the top 500 thanks to a round rank of 347. Yes, very good. Like I said previously, but I don't know if it ever made it onto a podcast, you're like gold when the stock market crashes, uh, and I stick with that analogy. That has been said before. <laughs> yes, I don't know if it made it into the final cut of someone cut it out. But, uh, I think it was always in the, the, the chats outside of it. More All I heard was that recorded. I'm like gold, so I'm happy yep. with that. <laughs> <laughs> I also have had a bit of a fall again, uh, but not too bad. So I got a score of 1,176, which I'm actually objectively, outside of what everyone else got, quite happy with that. Um, But it means that my rank has fallen a little bit down to 282. I'm only about 230 points away from 100, so hopefully I'll be able to make it back there with some uh, good moves over the next few weeks. But yeah, I had a round rank in in the thousands again this week, so that doesn't feel great. And Liam, who was unfortunately too ill to join us today, speaking of thousands, he is um, unfortunately sitting at an overall rank in the thousands now of 1,033. Once again, objectively, had a, had a decent score of 1,138, but it just because we've had some massively high scores this week means that his round rank wasn't that great. Because we had the round first, the gravel crawlers on one thousand four hundred and fifty nine. Huge, that enormous. That blew my mind when I saw it. That's crazy. Huge. I thought I'd done That's... pretty well with my score. I was like, oh, I'm pushing up towards thirteen hundred, and I was like, I've been beaten by nearly two hundred points here. That is incredible. <laughs> yeah, I saw someone on Twitter last night that was like one thousand four hundred and six or something. And I was like, oh, my God, that's got to be the biggest score. Nope, that is <laughs> 50 <laughs> points behind. Yeah. So, yeah, wow. So, Jono, plus or minus threes this week? Uh, I think this is potentially the third or fourth time I've given it to her this season. But Ebony Marinoff, as the, the best captain choice I could have had all the season, she's been remarkable. 131 again this week, uh, leading, leading from the front. I'm loving, loving every score she puts up. She is a machine. 
we were we were so close to seeing uh, a record for disposals this weekend, and we ended up getting closer with another player. But I think she had twenty four disposals at halftime, Ebony Marinoff, and that was just blowing me away. So yeah, when you're looking at the scores at halftime and it says your players on ninety three or something like that, that's a it's a good way to start the weekend. It's funny, we always kind of group Hatchard and Marinoff because like the Adelaide girls together are so good and sometimes it's easy to not kind of separate them out and recognise them for what they are. But if you just had Marinoff in a team by herself, like that is 131. That is still objectively so good for an individual player. So amazing. Her her form in the last sort of fortnight to month is just astonishingly good. She's playing such good football right now. And my minus three, I'll give it to Ellie McKenzie. A 41 after a laid out last week. I'm, I'm very unhappy. I think I was, I was holding her for this run home. And it's now time. She's got to go. She's out of my team this week. Yeah, been a bit of a disappointing uh, recruit this season. Hasn't quite reached that high 60s average that we knew she could. Bit of a different role thanks to some changes in that uh, Richmond midfield. So bit disappointing up in that forward line so i was happy to get rid of her a couple of weeks ago the only plus side to getting rid of her was that there's a bit of cash on her head and that's going to make it easy to get to who i assume is going to be will's plus three here look i'm going to jump in with my plus or minus three before we hit this uh roller coaster that is will's will's turn oh. i've given my negative three to lynch i traded her in last week and i was hoping she'd be quite unique she didn't really do that well she was unique for sure yeah, <laughs> she was. that wasn't the yeah. problem. <laughs> uniquely bad. Katie Lynch unfortunately yeah. seems to do this. She did it last season as well, where she does really, really well, and then just has one absolute stinker mixed in there. Yeah, but the problem is she's so expensive that that's not yeah. a lot of money to be leaving around for the potential of maybe another average score. So mm. that's a bit upsetting. And a special mention to Ballard, who I also traded in and who also didn't do very well. So, yay, my trades last week. And my plus three, I had five written here. And Jono's like, no, Mel, you have to pick one. We went through a five-minute cut. Plus five. To, to get it to uh Mel's plus Swanson. fives. <laughs> I love everyone, so it's making it a bit difficult. Plus three to Swanson, unique, had an amazing game. I really enjoy being able to watch her with so much um, excitement and passion again now that she's in my team like she was last season. But a... Special mention to the other West Coast girl I had in my team that did very well, uh, which is Roberts, um, very young, and just seeing her all over the ball was, you know, so exciting from a from a young player to be performing that well. And a special, special mention to my bench <laughs> for making me lots of money this week because Anderson, Britton and Campbell went up. And that's it. That's my five. It takes a special level of optimism to give five plus threes on a week that you scored something that put you outside of the 250 mark from where you were yeah. ranked. And more you importantly, to give three of those three of those plus threes to to players from the rival club in the West. I, I don't understand you, Mel, but don't ever change. <laughs> <laughs> I think the best part about it is she's given them to a few rookies who didn't score necessarily that high. They just did enough to pass that break even, make a little bit more money. It wasn't even like, oh, rookie on field scored me a 60 it was just like yeah she sat on the bench scored me a 30 good enough love it (laughs) (laughs) he's a gold star (laughs) exactly now will tell us about your week oh so i decided to do something a bit different 
and I traded out both Abby Dowrick and Tam Smith, much to Jono's horror in particular. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to go for it. I'm going for Turbo herself. And I brought her in. And it was looking a bit iffy because the two rookies I brought in scored 10 points and 26 points between them. So at that point, I was like, oh, this is a bit iffy. <laughs> Kiara Bowers, and I'm sure you all know, came out and scored the highest ever AFLW fantasy score of 164. First week in the team, first week as captain, straight up a 328. Thank you very much. I'm basically done for the season. I'm not getting better than that. Just enormous. It's actually unbelievable. Like 19 tackles. Yeah, absolutely huge score. I love seeing, you know, her being back back in Bowersness. And the thing about it too was we were talking about Marinoff. Those two were going head to head. Just it was amazing to watch. And the other thing about it was, as you said, Jono, Marinoff was 93 at half time, and we thought Marinoff's the one that's going to go big here. Bowers was only on 79. Bowers has nearly had 100 points in the second half as well to get up to that score. It was She just had a massive... I think it was even the last quarter. She just went bananas. It was, was incredible. That, like, five minutes to go, and we were walking into the uh, the North game, and it's like, oh, with five minutes, is she going to get enough points to break the average... Uh, sorry, the like historic record, which was, like, what, 159 or something? 159. She, needed, she would have needed five tackles in five minutes or something yeah. to make it up. And we're like, well... Yep. And then she does that and more. Well, not necessarily tackles, but points-wise. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we, we literally said with five minutes or five or ten minutes left, those five tackles are what she needed and she bloody did it. It I I'm in awe of Kiara Bowers. Her she is back in a big, big way. Her average also went up by nine this week. To go <laughs> After from her seventh game of the season. <laughs> to being less than a hundred up to the second highest averaging player. <laughs> Amazing. I I cannot I, I'm I'm I cannot stop talking about how amazing that effort was, and I, I'm so glad that I picked it because everyone is now scrambling to get Bowers this week, and that's something we'll obviously talk about a bit later, but I'm just so glad I managed mm. to do it last week. Well, I'm just thinking about how in round one, the average captain score wouldn't have been 82 doubles to 164. It would have been less than that because yeah, true. Marinoff went lower, Bowers went lower. Riddell Having 164 lower. sounds like a doubled score. Yeah, it's, it's actually insane. Well, that well, that's the thing because a popular captain choice has been Alice Parker, and Alice Parker scored an 82 this week. So if you mm. picked Parker as your captain, she has managed to equal Bowers wow. with the doubling. It's just and no it's, one's it's incredible. Not captain her, so. Absolutely. Mm. Got to say, I'm very glad she did well for you because I thought you were about to give up completely uh, in the first few minutes of that game. Oh. You were so sad about everything else that's happened. I'm like, just wait yeah, and watch. It really <laughs> offset the ten points to Keely Customer, who was my <laughs> who was my late in. But you know what, oh. Keely, I love your work and you're Do one of my favourite players because you got me Kiara Bowers. So happy exactly. for whatever comes. Uh, on that note, I will move to my minus three because I've talked enough about Bowers for now. My minus three goes to Hannah Priest. So Hannah Priest had a really great fortnight and I was really big on bringing her in. And unfortunately, what's happened at the Saints all year has kept happening, which is their team has had no consistency, so many injuries, so many role changes. And in this case, it's hurting Hannah Priest's scoring. 
to be fair, they've been fairly competitive in the last few weeks, which means it's been less down in that back line. But yeah, a 34 from a, what I thought was going to be a, a real premium defender just doesn't quite cut it. Hmm. Actually, a, a brief honourable mention, because apparently Mel's made that a thing that we do now. Last week, uh, a big minus three was Chloe Malloy, who I brought in. Liam was also very uh, unhappy with how she performed last week. Turned it around, highest scoring forward this week with a 95. So fantastic effort from Chloe Malloy. Yeah, huge. And we also just need to briefly talk about the free kickers, which yeah. managed to, which <laughs> which managed to outstrip everyone but myself, simply because during the week I decided to almost do the exact same trades and brought in Kiara Bowers as captain, which puts the free kickers up to I believe was their first twelve hundred score of the year. So well done to the free kickers. Mm, yes, great. I love being beaten by essentially a bot team. That's fantastic. <laughs> I like to think of it as the collective might of the Free Kick yeah, podcast. Exactly. Which is roughly 2000th overall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, just looking at the scores, overall 100th is Baba of Mosquito Fleet. They um, are sitting on 8,251 points. Um, so to stay in the top 100, you'll need 1,283 points. Jono, how did you get that number? Uh, that is what 100th place was in last week to this week. You needed that score to stay in the top 100. I see. And coming first, again, Chicks with D. I love saying that name so much. Last week, I get to say it again. Moving swiftly on. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. We might do another Sweet 16 this week, Jono. Uh, what do you have prepared for us? Yeah, I'm excited to run through it. And this time, look, after the controversy that it was before the podcast last time, I haven't told anyone on the podcast who I'm putting in my Sweet 16. They're, you two are coming to it just as fresh as all the listeners are. And I'm keen to see what you think this time through. Going to be a lot of, lots of gasping and oohs and ahs, I reckon. Mm. <laughs> uh, so uh, we're going to start with our five defenders here this week. And look... Liam's not here, so I'm just going to come straight out and say it. We've got a change at the top. Chelsea Randall, number one defender. Woo-hoo. And I've done this context, because... I wasn't here on the last week 16, so... That is true. Ma- Ma- that is Mel true. has even less idea what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, it is I Chelsea agree. Randall one, Ruby Schleicher two. And I've done this because in the last four rounds since we've done this Sweet 16, Randall has put up three scores over 85 and Ruby hasn't put up one. Slasher, the thing is, she's consistently putting up decent scores, but not the, mm. not the ceiling scores. Mm. But the problem, the problem is, and this is something you'll obviously talk to, is there's very few defenders really putting up these scores. So this, this is going to be quite an interesting next little section. I'm very excited for this, Jono. <laughs> yeah, so Chelsea Randall at one. I don't think anyone's got the ceiling on her. I know she's got a tough matchup coming up uh, with Brisbane, but quite frankly, I'm not too concerned. I think across the last three rounds, she's going to have the highest of all defenders. Schleicher is still in that Collingwood midfield. Very, very consistent. She's only had the one score uh, in the 50s, and otherwise I think everything has been very palatable for the defence. After that, it gets a little bit trickier. I've kept Emma Carney as our third defender, and that's because aside from one down game, uh, which she had 46 two weeks ago, 
Outside of that, she's been very, very consistent. 74, 65, and 83 are her last three scores otherwise. At D4, and this one might be a bit controversial, I've got Katie Lynch yep. coming off the back of a 32. Mm. And I've got a, a couple of reasons why she's there. Firstly, I don't think any other defenders have the ceiling that she does. She put up a 92 a couple of weeks ago, and that is that is a very, very impressive score that not many defenders can reach. Uh, and I'm, I'm putting the Melbourne score down to having to play a lockdown role because Melbourne are that good and they've got so many options. Usually she doesn't have to play that lockdown role. And in the next few weeks, you know, once she's back out having a bit more freedom, I expect the marks to tally up again and it'll be, she'll be fine. At D5, this is actually where there's the first change. Uh, Bianca Jacobson, she's out. I'm not a fan of this inconsistency at the Saints. Yep. There's a few players that I considered here, but I think I've settled on Karen Peterson. Oh, goody. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I like. So last four, she's had an 85, a 62, a down 39, and a 65. But I'm very, very happy with her consistency otherwise. She floats around between a lot of different roles, which has me a little worried. But at the very least, she's looked very, very consistent with Elisa Day out this week. I think she could even see a bump in midfield time. I'm I'm very very happy to to have her in at fifth there. Mm. There's a few players that have been putting up scores over the last month, potentially worthy of a top five spot, but I haven't thrown them in. I'm keen to see what you two think. Who who have I missed out on that should be in here? So I think the first one, and this is someone I'm sure Liam would uh, bring up as well, is uh, Agur Gilly, Eileen Gilroy, playing very. Good role in that midfield, probably in the conversation. Yeah, no, very, very fair. I, and I think Gilroy will be again very good this week against the Giants. But next week uh, after that, we play Brisbane and then Fremantle. And I think those two teams are going to be a lot more restricted. True. And I have a, I have a bit of a smoky actually, who's the one that I've been looking at as a potential priest option is... Charlie Thomas from West Coast, mm. based on her last three weeks. Yeah, so I was looking at the last three going through this, and there were four players that were scoring better than some of the options I've put in there. Charlotte Thomas was one of them, mm. but West Coast have potentially had the easiest three weeks from a fantasy point of view because they've played Hawthorne in that time, they've played Richmond in that time. I, I just, I really don't think. It's something she's going to keep up. I don't think West Coast's run gets too difficult, but it also, you know, it, it's going to tighten up a little bit. And at the start of the season, Thomas was putting up some very low scores. So I don't mind the pick, but I'm a little hesitant to call it top five. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Yeah. What, what you guys both just said is very interesting because I was having a little think about the defenders and I've come to kind of the same conclusions for Slasher as number two, that's your Collingwood player. I know she doesn't always play in defence, but that kind of knocks out Butler and Allen, who are yep. also good, but Allen is kind of creeping up on Butler in terms of scoring. And if you're going to pick one kind of Collingwood player to be in your top five, it's going to be Slasher. 
I, I did consider Allen for a little bit. I think Butler's scoring has dropped off in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Mm. But I think the Collingwood seemed to be, against GWS, to be trialling a few switches up. Um, not a huge amount, but like Sarah Rowe hasn't touched the ball all season and then she put up a, her first decent score for the year. Yeah. I would be a little bit hesitant. And, well, speaking of switching it up, I was looking at some of the Collingwood, um, sorry, some of the Carlton players that we had as potentials and knowing that kind of Peterson and Pound have been playing in the forward line for the last little bit, I think that if you were to pick a Collingwood um, like listed defender to end up in your top five, probably would be Peterson over Pound just That'd because be she's... Carlton, not Collingwood. So, sorry. <laughs> um, Carlton. <laughs> probably would be Peterson over Pound, um, which is, I know you do have Pound in your team. But also, it feels like Peterson and Dalpos are kind of taking away some of the points from Pound, potentially, as well. Well, it was interesting because all three of those players played in the forward line. Yeah, but I think Peterson, though, she seems to rotate through the middle and the wing a little bit, mm. which yeah. Pound hasn't been doing. And I don't quite know why they're taking Pound yeah. out of the back line. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's, it's a strange move because they've moved basically their two premier small defenders in Pound and Delpos and put them as forward pockets. Yeah. At the Which expense is... of Darcy Vessio, who's now playing as a halfback flank. So. <laughs> is it working for them? Not really, no. <laughs> there are two players that I need to mention here as well. They have both scored enough that you would think surely they're worthy of a spot because the last three or one of them in particular, has just been ridiculous. And that's Alex Ballard at Port Adelaide and Isla Sheeran from Richmond. They've been scoring very, very well. I just can't in good faith put a rookie in there because we know how inconsistent they are. I remember last time we were talking, had Molly Eastman done enough to deserve a spot? And look at what she's done the past three weeks. It, yeah. it just seems a little bit risky to me. I think Sheeran will end up most people's at least D5, but... <laughs> yeah. I think you're right, John. I think... Sheeran's ability to bounce back from poor scores has been really good, especially for a rookie, but it's those poor scores every other week that just keeps her out of this conversation. I know you just said no rookies, but I was looking at Charlotte Thomas, who I don't know if you'd call her a rookie. It's her second year, um, I think. Second year, third season. Okay, second year, third season. Um, but she watching the game and the role that she played with the Eagles, like... She was just that person that was always right in front of the goals, ready to take all of the marks that came that way to block it and kind of turn the ball around. I don't have the right football lingo to describe what I'm seeing. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> you can picture what I'm saying. Yep. Um, and it looked like her role was very specific. They really needed her to be there. It was part of their kind of gameplay. And given that um, Eagles are going fine, but they're up against Geelong next week, Charlotte Thomas has got a very low break-even. She's only 1% owned, 0% in the top 100. I think she would be a really interesting, reliable pick. Um, not necessarily in your Sweet 16, but someone to be considering over these next couple of weeks. Yeah, and I think that's that's where I take with Charlotte Thomas is, well, I don't think she's in the Sweet 16. She's a player that I'm very keen on potentially for next season as a, as a player who can improve. She was also one that was highlighted by Haley Bullis in the interview we had earlier in the season as a player mm. who they expected to improve. So I think if you are looking for a slightly cheaper option to upgrade to as one of your last upgrades, she is sort of 10 to 15 cheaper than those real big ones at the top, those top four at least. 
So it could be a value pick and, as you say, Mel, a bit more unique one as well. So that's the top five in the back line. What have you got for us for midfielders, Jono? For midfield, we have probably the most change-up that we've had on any of the lines. And I suppose starting at the top, we've got a brand-new M1 and it's Kiara Bowers. I I know last time there was discussions that she shouldn't even be in there and I think... I was very happy to keep her in there just because we know what she can do. She's proved it. She's backed it up. In her last four, she's averaged over 125, which is just absurd. I was listening back to the last Sweet 16 because I wasn't on it, so I was just trying to refresh my mind. And I think she got initially listed as M4, and then I think it was Liam was like, oh, nah, M5? Yeah. <laughs> Should we bump her down? Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, I think Will even had some calls to kick correct. her out of there. <laughs> no, I, I didn't, I didn't now, say to kick her out, but I said that she was on the cusp. She was in, mm. when we did the last one, was at the lowest ebb of her season. She was only averaging 85 yeah. at that point. And boy, has she completely turned that around. Well, look at her now. She's back in Bowersness. Back in Bowersness, yes. <laughs> and I'm absolutely all aboard the turbo train, as you well know. So I'm more than happy to be wrong on that one, Jono. And I, I've said that many times, is that if there was ever a player that was going to prove mm. us wrong, it was Kiara Bowers. And it's Caravan. Yeah. Indeed, and the, she has. And, and the thing about it is, not only has she done it, she's done it even better than we even thought. <laughs> because I was kind of like, oh, yeah, if she could average like 110 for the rest of the season, that firmly puts her in that uh, in that Sweet 16, mm. sits in around that, you know, M2 to 4 range. Fantastic. It's Turbo. <laughs> and she's just put herself right back to number one. <laughs> I love it. Who's M2? M2, I've got Ebony Marinoff. I almost put her M1 because she's also going at over 120 in her last four, 123, I think. And that's because right at the back of that, there's an 89 there four weeks ago. Mm. So she has just been killing it ever since. I was just about to say, those two have separated themselves from the pack in the last, you know, mm. two to three weeks. They are scoring yeah, and it. I don't le- have either. Great. I, yeah, well, this is the first <laughs> week I've had one of them. It just happened to work out really well. But um, yeah, Marinoff has been doing it for most of the year and is very deserving to be in, at least in the conversation for, for number one, but one and two very clearly Marinoff Bowers. Hmm. The last time that we did this in the midfield, Anne Hatchard was number one. And if you'd said to me at the time, she's going to average 112 over the next four rounds, I would have assumed that she would still be at number one. But she's done that, and she's been bumped down the list to number three because you can't keep up with those first two. Mm. But I think that's our clear top three. We're now jumping down into our M4 and 5. And this is where it got interesting. I've picked two players, and I think there's one one player that came out of this list maybe an hour ago, so we'll get to that in a sec. At M4, I've got Emma Swanson from West Coast. Yes. Nice. Nice. And at M5... I've got Maddie Prasparkas, Maddie Prasparkas, who what hasn't dropped Parker? below 100 in the last three weeks, which I've been very Sparky happy to see. Injured? No, Amy McDonald was previously at M4, has just been suspended for a week. Oh. Yeah. Ooh. Look, that yeah. dangerous, that dangerous tackle, I believe it was. Yeah, Parker and uh, Schleicher were both reprimanded. And we were very close to losing some some key players there. That was no yeah, that, that would have, <laughs> that would have that would have absolutely burnt so many people. <laughs> that would have been hilarious from a like obviously, you know, 
the actual sport aside, that would have been hilarious from a fantasy perspective if yeah. all three of them went out. Well, I think most people would have just been going, make the money going down Slicer and then up Parker to Bowers. So. Yeah. But the, the key thing I want to say here is that we've actually lost two players from this midfield. Uh, and Will, Riddell? you're not going to be happy because Ash Riddell <sighs> is yeah. out and Alice Parker out as well. Yes, I will say Ash Riddell, unfortunately, is probably my biggest regret by at the start of the year. Has lost almost more money than anyone else except for, I think, Gabbo Sullivan, who was on the way to making more money before she did her shoulder this week. She's been fine. She's still scoring high 80s, so I'm not in a rush to move her out, especially after all the money she's lost. But yeah, not in that top five anymore. Uh, so basically just sitting as a unique player for me now. So if she can come back into the form that we know she can do in the last few rounds, that'll do me a great job in moving towards that top 100. Yeah. Well, look, I've, I've definitely got her in the mix. I think she's close enough. Alice Parker is one that I think has been very disappointing. Since that big 124 way back in round two, she actually hasn't gone above 100. We have not seen the ceiling that we wanted. Yeah, I think... It seems like a lot of teams have twigged that Alice Parker's the one giving them all the drive out of the midfield, and I think they're putting a lot more effort into her. Still being good, still scoring at or around 80, which is fine, and to, to have picked her as a cheaper option earlier in the year, I'm still very happy to have her in the team, but her scoring has evened off, and yes, I think that's also a fair one to move out of your, your top five, Jono. Yeah. Side note on Parker, we did not have a lot of luck getting a picture with her yesterday. No, because they had to run off very, very quickly because I think they were getting a flight straight out. So. Yeah, we missed were stuck the, missed, waiting missed for Ruby. Nah, that's a shame. Uh, is there anyone else who should be in the mix? Because I've only got the one more player, but I reckon I reckon we might be hearing from someone. Yeah, because the Amy McDonald was the only one that I was going to say, but the suspension basically means that for the very few people that have her, you probably have to move her on, so... I think that's uh, probably covering it. I acknowledge that Conti is not there and won't does be not there. Deserve to be there. <laughs> not there and won't be there. Yeah, that's okay. I'm just announcing that I'm okay with this. Um, <laughs> uh, Press Barker's also not there, and Tilly Lucas Rod also not there. But I think they're clearly in a tranche below. The top ones. Well, that's that's the one player that I was considering putting in there. Who and that's Monty? Georgie Georgie Prasparkas. Love Georgie. I think particularly with Amy McDonald out, there is a lot of opportunity for her this week. And we could see a bit of a bumper score against West Coast, who yeah. are the most she, tackled team this year. She was firmly in my calculations for this week. I was looking for my final midfield upgrade and I was choosing between Prasparkas and Jamie Lambert, and it all depended on what I want to do next week, and I'm probably going to flip-flop between those two this week because, gee, I love Georgie Prosper because it's both a, a player and a fantasy option. Yeah, and one thing about you, Will, is you get so much satisfaction about watching the players you like, much like I do, but I really want you to get Prosparkas because me watching <laughs> you watch Prosparkas play is going to be so satisfying. I think the most satisfying watching the other Matty Prosparkas play is that the amount of times that I've said to the other on this Prisparkis. on this episode is that Prisparkis is a gun. We've got to bring her into our sides, and it's always no, she doesn't have the ceiling. Mm. And then since then, she has put up her highest three scores of her career in a row. It's ah, oh, it's given me so much joy. It's uh it's the 
the one thing that gets me watching Essendon. No offense to <laughs> Essendon supporters out there. Oh gosh. Yeah, look, I think I think that list is about right. But now comes the question of, okay, if you don't I'm gonna go ahead and assume that most people either have Marinoff or Hatchard. If you're someone like me who picked Hatchard, who was great in the first few rounds and then not so great in the second few rounds, as that's kind of swapped between those uh, Crows girls, then fine. But if you don't have Bowers, who are you taking up from, like, are you are you willing to sacrifice Parker or Swanson? Or who would you be sacrificing a, I guess, elite to go to a upper elite? Or are we trying to go up from a maybe M4, M5, like a Dowerick? What do you guys think? I think we're still in the territory of upgrading rookies. Like a Parker and an average midfield upgrade is going to be better than a Marinoff and a rookie. As good as Marinoff and Bowers have been. Mm. Yeah. My big question this week is as long as you don't have to sacrifice another premium premium to do it. Like I don't think anyone should be trading out Parker or Swanson or someone like that to try and make the jump. Yeah. But the question for me is if you're going to do it, is Kiara Bowers in enough form that you should just throw your whole team to make sure you have it? Is she going to be that good? This has been a very common question for us on Twitter this week is do I have especially to sell, from especially from Bailey. <laughs> so shout out to Bailey. Do you have to sell the farm for Bowers this week? Is, it a, is she now a must trade in? Mm. And I'm going to let you guys answer that basically because I've already done it, but... <laughs> yeah. Well, look, she went up another 11, no, I shouldn't say another because she's been losing before mm. then, but she went up 11 and a half grand last week. So if you are going to get her, it's going to hurt a little bit, but it's going to hurt less if you do it now than say yeah. next week because her break even 71, which she can get on a bad day. Which apparently she mm. can almost get a hundred more than, so. Yeah. My God. Um, Bailey has again messaged me in the recording of this pod saying, what are we going to do about Bowers? So <laughs> he's, he's very keen for an answer here. And I think the answer is and Bailey, no, do whatever you can, get her in. Yeah. For everyone else she, yeah. for everyone else listening, it's up to how your team works. But Bailey specifically, get her in. <laughs> She's my namesake from, well, season six because she was in my season. Sorry, in my team all of last season except when she was out for those couple of weeks. Bowers down to me. Now my next team name is definitely going to be back in Bowersness, so I yes. just think I have to get her in because I can't have all of these puns based off her if she's not in my team. So she's coming in, if only for that reason. I think we knew we were waiting on Bowers because she finishes with Sydney and then Hawthorne. It's going to be scary what she can do in those two rounds. The only question is, are Sydney and Hawthorne going to get their hands on the ball enough to give her the tackle numbers she needs? That's the only thing that might hold her back, but she's going to be getting the disposals. That's the yeah. that's the thing, though. She was getting those tackle numbers when she, earlier in the season when she wasn't performing well. It's the increase in disposals in the last few weeks which has really started pushing those numbers up. And against a Sydney and a Hawthorne, you'd expect she'd be able to definitely get you know 20-plus disposals. And that base, if if Bowers is getting twenty plus disposals, you can almost bank one hundred and ten. Mm. I think the answer is sell the farm. We've got to do it. <laughs> I sold the yep. farm last week. You guys have got to do it this week. Uh, Get her in. I figured out how to sell the farm this afternoon, and I'm not stoked about it, but it's going to happen. Oh no, I'm trading out so many good players. Well, I'm just well, glad that I. I'm uh, trading out so many expensive players. 
See, I'm just I'm just happy that I traded out uh, Abby Darrick the right way because I was terrified that I was gonna do what Liam did last time, <laughs> and she was gonna pull out 130 on me again because it was a favorable matchup against Hawthorne, but only scored a 44, so mm. I managed to get her at her highest possible price point. But yes, you've yeah. done very well. Fi- finding that money <laughs> for everyone else out there. We're almost at the stage now where you've probably only got one, maybe two genuinely good upgrades left because mm. we're just completely running out of money on the bench. So Hey, no, excuse me. And you guys poo-pooed my uh, plus three to my bench and my three rookies for making me a little bit of money. I had three players on my bench make me money and I'm doing the ruck loophole. So that means three see, out of four. See, I agree, with, I agree with that. But to get rid of those players costs you three trades and you're only going to make, what, 10 grand on each one? Yeah, oh, has any of them five. is any of them valued over fifty k? Yeah, it's not it's no. not a genuine upgrade. It's not a genuine upgrade. Which is why I'm going to reiterate: if you if you think about it, you've probably got one, maybe two genuinely big upgrades left. And if Bowers is one of them, that's probably as good as you're going to be able to do. So I, I think it's a really it's an important move to do. If you're going to do it, you you just have to do it this week. Oh gosh. Um... Should we move to forwards? No. You could even go rocks if you want. We <laughs> could. Let's let's go rocks. Actually. Yeah. See, this is this is now rocks. we've now gone full circle because pre-season Jono was just like rocks. Don't know who they are, but now move on. Who cares? Now Jono's like, <laughs> no, no, it's rock time. It is rock time, and, rock and to be honest, we could have skipped it because the answer back in round three was Brian Moody. The answer at the end of round seven, it's still Brian Moody. Yeah. Yep. She is ever consistent. Averaged uh, 83 over the past four rounds. I see no reason why it won't continue. The only thing that I would worry about in her fixture ahead is if for some reason she was playing someone like herself, which she is not. So I think she's just going to keep on. Surprisingly, she's not actually the highest average over the last three. Caitlin Goulds has just managed to outscore her. But if you take it back four rounds, there's a 40 in Caitlin Goulds scores. And that is... That's something that Moody doesn't do. She just doesn't go small. I think her, yeah. her lowest score this season has been a 60. No other ruck can, can even get close to that. So, Brian Moody every day of the week. Sorry, I'm going I'm to throw it to you then, Jono. Just the question, because we've asked it many, many times, and everyone's heard us talk about it on repeat. We all seem to be doing the loophole. I'm planning on doing utility loophole this week to get the money to do my other trades. So I guess the question here is, is a premium ruck point of difference, is that worth it at this stage, or are you better spending your money elsewhere? I still think with most rucks, you're paying for what you get. I don't think there's a lot of rucks that present a lot of value at this stage of the season, because you know it's not as if you know there are players in the midfield that are swapping in and out as the season goes on. But often it's just it's just the one ruck that each team has or they've had the same combination for the whole season. So mm. if your whole team is looking phenomenal, you don't want to trade anyone out, you've got Bowers, you've got Maroff, then yeah. I think it is a, a chance to be a unique play for sure. Um, and no one who has Brian Moody is complaining. I think every time I see someone on Twitter who has them, they're just so confident. Their teams are firing. You know, Good on them for, for making that pick early on. I think at this stage... It's a hard player to bring in because, you know, you're spending up. I think to get Brian Moody in, you've got to pay just well over a hundred and something k. Hundred eighteen. 
180. Yeah. yeah. And if you think of that, if you spend that on a midfielder, you could get someone yeah. who could average more than the 80. You know, potentially Georgie Prasparkas is just I was about to say She could go at 110 for the rest of the year. Yeah, I was about to say Prasparkas is at 125. So mm. it seems like a, a pretty easy I'd find the extra money and try and do something in the midfield for sure. Yeah. So we're not going to rock and roll. We are not rocking and rolling. We are... <laughs> We are utilizing the utility. We're getting the ruck out of there. Ah, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Um, now yeah. can we go forwards? <laughs> you know what? Let's go forwards. Forwards have been ever consistent again. I think mm. the top two has been Jazz Garner and Abby Mackay. Absolutely crushing it this season. Their heads and shoulders above every other player. Uh, Garner's averaged, I think, nearly 95 over the last four rounds, which is just incredible. And Abby McKay is uh, not too far behind on an 87.5 average. After that, it gets a little trickier, and I'm keen for some input. I've got Tyler Hanks at F3. Uh, definitely lacking the ceiling this season, but very consistent. A low of 67 across her last four games. So very happy with that. Hmm. After that, at F4, I've thrown in Chloe Malloy. Yep. I'm really happy, even though she has shown a sign that she might be heading back into the forward line. I think they've still got uh, enough midfield minutes there and she's looking in great touch. I'm still very hopeful that she can take out that F4 position. At F5, I've had a lot of trouble. I've had a lot of trouble. I've kicked Kate Hoare out of here. She's no longer in it. Mm, there yeah. are two players that I was deciding between. And I've settled on retaining Ash McCarthy in the top five. Ooh, I really like yes. the consistency of her role. Last three weeks, what, 64, 63, 69. I don't think mm. you see a lot of downside with her. Who else could you possibly? Well, there's one player just outside, which I want to hear your thoughts on. Bonnie Toogood. Bonnie Toogood. And the reason that I say that is because Essendon have had a tough run so far this season, and they now have the easy, easy finish to the year. They have Sydney and Port Adelaide to come. And we've seen this week, if she can put up an 85 against a team of Geelong's calibre, then what could she do against one of these lesser teams? I like Bonnie Toogood. I think it's a really good option. I think there's a few players in this sort of this, this forward, the fifth forward option that any of them could jump ahead, and I think two goods is good, uh, as good an option as any of them. I I really like this pick. There's one player who we haven't mentioned yet, who I'm very keen on, and it's also based on the fixture, and that's Taylor Harris. Yep, yeah, no, Taylor Harris is definitely in the mix. I'm keen to hear your reasoning. She's yeah. done basically what she did last year, which was she started a bit slow and has just worked into the season beautifully. She's playing half of her time in the ruck, which is also helping her get more points. But her final three games are against Gold Coast, who we know give up who we know give up plenty of points. They then go and play the Bombers, who we know have a fairly shaky defense and not much in the ruck department, and then they finish against Hawthorne. Mm. Out with a bang. So there are some. Sorry, not Hawthorne. They finish against the Eagles. Sorry. That, well, not Hawthorne. My comment still holds. <laughs> they finish. They finish against the Eagles, 
So she's got three teams that she could seriously score against. She's got a last three average of 75, which is basically only behind Garner and Mackay. So to me, Taylor Harris is the one that I'd be keen on uh, around that 95 price range. So kind of basically replacing Kate Hall is the one that I'm keen on. I like it. I had on my notes that if you don't already have Garner, don't worry about it because Mackay is as as good almost as Garner. Uh, And if you are going to be doing any shuffling to get those top five, if you don't have F1 already, don't worry about it as Garner. Shuffle around to do what you need to do for, say, maybe it's a an Ashmore or a, or a McCarthy or a someone else out to get one of those players that we just spoke about or shuffling around within that kind of mm. range there. I don't know if I would shuffle out Ashmore or McCarthy. Like, yeah. This is to me, if you're targeting a player, you've got the money and you're trying yeah. to figure out who you bring in, you target these people. But I don't necessarily think... Just because someone's not in this top five, you need to trade them out, right? Because your team's going to be better off if you've got less rookies on field, as long as they're the wrong rookies. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. To me, like, this is this is the player that you, these are the players that you want to try and get in to move on. Someone like a, a Roberts, a Scott, uh, a Zali Goldsworthy, mm. which is why if you if you're looking for someone to upgrade to. Bonnie Tugan in particular is currently priced at nearly ten grand less than these other options, which is why I really like Tugan. Uh, I've basically structured my trades in the next two weeks around getting one of Harris and Tugan, depending on how high a price Harris gets. If Harris goes out of my price range, I get Tugan. So I agree with you, Jono. Tugan, I'm very happy with you putting it. Yeah, F5. Personally, I think Harris just gets the edge for me, but I think it's very line ball. Yeah, I had Harris and Too Good as my in the mix, and then the last one there was actually Caitlin Ashmore. I would have had her higher, but I don't like the Hawks fixture coming up. That's the only reason for me she wasn't in that fifth spot. Yeah, they, they finished with some tough games, and I think a few teams have also figured out that uh, Katie Ashmore's one of the real drivers of that Hawthorne team, so they're putting a bit more effort into her. We saw her cop a, a pretty heavy tag a few weeks back as well, so I still think she'll yeah. be... As you say, well, even, in the even mix. with that tag, she's managed to put up an, an over 70 average in the last four rounds. Yeah. So she's doing very, very well despite the attention. Absolutely. And I think it's kind of what you said before, Mal, is like if you can, af- if you can afford up to Ashmore and she's the player you like, great. If you've already got Ashmore, great. Don't move her out. But being a bit more expensive than Harris and Too Good in particular. I'd probably be looking at those other two just from a money perspective, but I still think those three, there's going to be a handful of points between them over the next three weeks. The other element we might need to be considering here is uh, uniqueness if Mm. you're not in the top 100 because 46% of the top 100 have Chloe Malloy. So Mm. I'm not sure if you've got someone to... Actually, just going on that, Harris, 2.5. Ashmore, 1.2. Too good, 4.1. I'm so, also looking at the next column. Oh. Which is how many of the top 100 have Well, in that case, 0, 1, 0. Yeah. For those three that we've just been talking about. Yeah. So I think I think you're right, Mel. If you don't have Malloy, much like you were saying with Garner, I can see the the reason why you'd probably go elsewhere, but... 
Gee, I like Corey Malloy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me too. So does the top 100, it seems. I just wanted to double back, I suppose, on that rookie versus upgrade. And I think a good example of why I'm really keen to move rookies on before someone like an Ashmore to get up to Ghana is because Hannah Ewings has been a rookie that we've been talking about this season as like a seriously consistent, reliable rookie. She's just put up a 26, you know, and, and that's that's really, you know, pulled down her average. And it, it's something that affected, what, 60 of the top 100? Mm. I would just think yep. that there are... You know, if you move her on to someone in the, in this yeah. you know unique bracket, you're more likely to end up uh, jumping the ranks a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And U- Ewings, you only need 10k to get to too good, so it's a very easy swap. Basically, basically, you take one of your bench players that's been making that little bit of money for you, Mel, as you say, put one of them out of the team. <laughs> Ewings up to too good, easy. You're done. Love it. Cool. So, how many of the Sweet 16 do you have in your team at the moment, Jono? Post-trades or pre-trades? Uh, pre-trades, I think I've got uh, three of the defenders, two of the mids, and three of the forwards. So, uh, I think that ends up with eight, eight of the 16. And then my other eight are as far away as they could possibly be. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, I'm sitting at, uh, I've got two in the back line, one in the midfield, and three up forward. So my midfield is a very unique midfield because I don't have any of those Adelaide uh, superstars that we've talked so much about. And uh, two of my midfielders are ones that have just moved out of the Sweet 16 in Parker and Riddell. So. Lovely. So I've gone I've gone unique this week, and I've got my full... Comp- this week? <laughs> Well, by by that, what I mean is I've got a full complement of midfielders that I'm hoping can roughly make up the difference between the big ones and mm. the ones that I do have. So we'll see how it goes. And we can talk about that a bit later when we discuss our trade plans. Very nice. So we've we've talked about the, the Sweet 16, the ones that we'd love to have in our team, but in order to be doing a lot of those upgrades, you need some downgrade targets getting fewer and fewer or less and less Liam's not here to tell me the right one uh each week who do you guys have on your radar as rookies to to target this week one player that I'm pretty keen to be bringing in is Federica Fru uh oh. a break even of minus two in the forward line and the reason that I'm doing it is that she's been playing as like a deep forward for the few games that she's played and it's meant that her first couple scores this season were quite low. She was dropped from the side, was brought back in and has put up a 56 this week, which is very, very solid stuff. But I suppose with the games that she's got coming up, that's what excites me because a very similar role is played by, say, Talia Fellows of the Hawks and when she played Sydney, who the Bombers played this week, uh, I think she put up a 64 or something like that. So I'm hoping that with a very similar role, Federica Fru can put up a big score this round. So she'll come on and she'll probably go straight onto my field, which is more a reflection of (laughs) how much of my team I am selling to try and get in Kiara Bowers, but I'm very happy to do so. Yeah, I was very, very keen on Federica Fru until I threw myself a curveball by needing to pick a defender because I picked Keely Customan late last week 
averaged really well in the Soundfall. By all accounts, was a, a player that everyone thought was going to be a fantastic addition to the Adelaide side. And she was, but only scored 10 points. So she hasn't gone up <laughs> in price. She hasn't gone down in price either, because she was basement priced. So it meant that to do what I want to do this week, I either needed to grin and bear another week of Keely Customer, who may not hold her spot, depending on the fitness of Eloise Jones, or I needed to bring in another defender. And so the rookie defender that I've brought in was one that Liam has been in particular very keen on and has been quite surprised it's taken this long for her to, to get a game, and that's Mia Bush. So she only scored 24 this week, which isn't anything amazing, but I'll take a 24 over a 10. But as Jono said, they've got a slightly easier run in the next few weeks, so I'm hoping that means she might get a few more easy disposals and maybe push that average up over 30. Mm, that's interesting, and I love hearing this stuff because I with my shuffling, was happy with one of the trades I needed to do to get Bowers. But the other one was, much like Jono, a massive downgrade to someone that potentially is going to have to go onto my field. And I randomly picked Wallace Randall, <laughs> who I did not know anything about. You picked her randomly. Yes. Oh, no. Um who is a 46.7 grand defender who sees an average of 35, 44 last round, um, plays for Gold Coast. Don't know that much about her, but I picked her because she's got some tackles. Like, she gets points through tackles, at, <laughs> which is nice to see, as well as through... <laughs> Do you want her to stop laughing? <laughs> as well as through disposals. So she's got a few different... Elements on the stat line. Um, she is pretty consistent at getting 30 points, um, which, look, I'm not sure. I really don't know what I'm doing. Um, either, and then it could be she could go on my bench or um, Ainsley Kemp could come on field for me, which I think is possibly a better idea. I'm really amazed at your ability to pick players purely based on statistics, never having seen them before, and yet they always do well. I don't. I don't yeah, get how you got, do it. She's got no clue who they are, what they do, but it just works. It's it's just it's look at the incredible. And cross my fingers. So I suppose, I suppose there's there's a few other options that are a bit more expensive. Maybe if you're looking for maybe a bit more certain a uh, a utility. We talked a bit about Joe Lynn last week. She put up another mm-hmm. forty five. She has a break even of minus five. So a bit more expensive at forty five thousand. But if you've got someone on your utility who you might want to use to make a bit of money. Not a bad option. Uh, the other one was um, Ibogen Barnett, who's at just under 40K, who's been scoring pretty well as a forward um, if you are looking for another forward option. But I agree with Jono, you'd go through before Barnett. I'm more worried with Collingwood is that, you know, they've just played GWS, so nice, easy win for them. This yeah. next two rounds, they've got Fremantle, then North. That's going to be a trickier couple games yeah absolutely and that's why with joe lynn if you do have a pretty easy swap you can probably bank a little bit of extra money for a big downgrade in a week's time but as a long-term option like if you want to field her i think it's a bit iffy it might actually now finally be the time to jump on janome anderson she's looked more and more comfortable every week and now she's I... finally back to her starting price. <laughs> Bought her in last week. Break even I'm of three. So Break even of three. <laughs> so she's she scored two cons- two consecutive thirties. 
uh, Janome, which is quite solid, especially if she's sitting on your bench. Uh, I was strongly considering playing her on the field as a potential option to make some money this week by trading down Goldsworthy. Didn't end up doing that, but I think that's not a bad option as well. I'd still probably go through ahead of Anderson, but again, not a bad option. Hmm. Hmm. Well then. Uh... Well then, very good. <laughs> very good then. Good show. I like it. Uh, <laughs> captains. Uh, yeah, look, Liam's Liam's not here, but I'm I'm happy to jump in just on his behalf because I think he had another sensational round picking his captains last week. I think he got five of the overall top ten for the round in his top ten captains list, mm. which is uh, not a bad effort at all. With Marinoff and Bowers both in the top three, but look, I'm I'm going to comfortably jump in and say that there is no way Kiara Bowers is not the number one captain choice coming off 164. I think yeah. Collingwood are uh, a very good team, but I don't think there is any player that can slow down what Bowers can do. And the Adelaide girls play Brisbane, so that's that's the only the, the obvious choice to me. To me, to me, it's basically you go Bowers. If you don't have Bowers, you go Marinoff, and if you don't have either of those two, it's Hatchard. That's basically <laughs> basically it. If you don't have any of those three, you're probably not listening because well. you're sitting around two two thousand in the rankings, I reckon. Well, that's exactly where you were two weeks ago. <laughs> True. And <laughs> one yeah, week good ago, point. even. You know what? Good point. You know what? Good on me for getting up as high as I did without those players because I look back on myself and think, how the hell did I do that? <laughs> a little pat on the back. If you don't have any of those players, go Jazz Garner because Jazz Garner's a superstar. <laughs> that's my that's logic because Jazz Garner was the only player that I had that wasn't was able to score over 90, apparently, so... <laughs> Very good. But yes, Kiara Bowers, Ebony Marinoff, lock him in. Easy as you like. So we've got a couple of listener questions that have come through here. A lot of them we've kind of addressed <laughs> the players already, but two that are looking a bit unique here. One from Shannon. What do I do with Priest? Is Veria an option now? Uh, Will. <laughs> Sarah Veria. Sarah Veria is probably my biggest... Failure pick of the year, unfortunately. I was very, very keen for her to have a big year. And unfortunately, her scoring has basically emulated Frio's in that it started very, very poorly and is now starting to to warm up a bit. Um, In terms of Priest, I think trading her out is a luxury trade at this stage. I think there are probably more important trades to do in the midfield, but if your midfield's looking solid, I think I'd probably be moving Priest up to one of the ones we talked about in Jono's uh, Sweet 16, if you've got the money. If you're looking to move Priest down, I'd almost just hold, to be completely honest. I think that's what I'm doing at the moment. Jono, do you have any thoughts there? Uh, I suppose uh, I didn't watch the last St Kilda game, but you mentioned that there's a role change. I would worry they're playing the Bulldogs this week, and the Bulldogs have a few options that you'd probably want to lock down on. Is she going to get stuck in a lockdown role and then be scoring 40s and 50s the rest of the season? I guess that's the problem is we just don't know. Is You could trade her out and then next week she could go back to scoring a 70 again because they could decide yeah. that maybe we're more impo- what's more important is locking down on Blackburn and they put Priest on. Mm-hmm. I, I, really, I really don't know. And to be honest, Shannon, what do I do with Priest? NFI. And well, that's how, I, how about this? I, I can give us, I can give us a bit more structure here because I've got a similar situation. I'm sitting on Gab Pound, 
Yeah. And I have basically decided I'm not I'm not going to move Gab Pound on to get her to a better defender, but I am going to move her on so that I can afford Bowers. Yeah. So that's that's my thought. If you can take Priest up to a midfielder and put a defender rookie on field, I would do that. I wouldn't be trying to take her up to, I don't know, an Emma Carney. And I think the problem with Varia is Varia is still priced at 72. So you're only going to make 12k from going Priest down to Varia for a player who's just scored a season high score of 66. So. Yeah, it's a no for me. It's probably not an ideal move. I think I'm, what I'm gonna I'm gonna plug Sarah Varia for next year because I think she'll be underpriced next season year. Season eight pick. Season eight pick, but um, for now, no, I, I wouldn't be going to Varia personally. And we've got one from Davin. Which mid-price defender looks better going ahead, Keeney from Gold Coast or Stevie Lee Thompson? Stevie, I was like, what's the S? Stevie Lee Thompson from Adelaide. Jono. Uh, look, from the two, I would probably. Jump on Keeney. I think uh, Adelaide have some tough games, and Stevie Lee Thompson is very limited ceiling. So I think at this point of the season, you want to back a player who can score a bit better, and Keeney's definitely got the upside that Thompson doesn't. Uh, having said that, though, I think if we're just talking about anyone around that price price point, uh, Will's discussion earlier on Charlotte Thomas, I think is probably the best option you could go with. I agree. Nice. Well, uh, run us through your trades. And now, Jono, you said last week that the trades that you say on this episode are largely what you stick with. So let's hear mm. yours first. This week definitely feels a lot more like it's rage trades because I'm upset at a lot <laughs> of my premiums. But at the moment, and I feel very silly for saying this, I am trading out Ellie McKenzie, I'm trading out Gab Pound, and I'm tra- trading out Abby Darrick. All in the hopes of getting Kiara Bowers and two rookies, which for the moment, I believe, are Federica Frew in the forward line. And I think I have Jenna Richardson yep. in the back line, but it, that's that's a placeholder. I think that might go down to mid-bush potentially. Yep. Yeah, that, that's just me putting the highest player that I can afford back there, and we'll see after that. Nice. Now, Will, you don't have to smash your team up to get Bowers, so what are you doing instead? No, I don't. So, without the Adelaide midfielders, and with Ruby Sargent-Wilson not exactly starring last week, I thought my best course of action is to try and get in another premium midfielder. So what I did was I traded out Yasmin Dersma to Mia Bush to get a bit of money, and I decided to go for the loophole this week, so I still have to play Sargent-Wilson as my utility but get Davies in for Fuller, who I think has done her dash, been a fantastic uh, pick for me this year, made some good money, but now is the time to move her on. And with that money, I wanted to move my utility, which was Charlotte Taylor, up to a midfielder. And I had a price range upwards of, or up to 130k. So Georgie Prasparkas was the first person in my wheelhouse. I was like... Love Georgie Prasparkas, fantastic. Probably going to be a really solid pick for the rest of the year. But that only left me with a small handful of money. And with that, I was kind of like, I'm not really sure that that's going to leave me anything to do next week. So I, I've decided to pick up a fallen premium and go for Jamie Lambert, one of my Collingwood favourites. Mm. 
who is priced at under 100k, but is now starting to get that midfield time that we know. If she can just average about that 80 mark, I think she's a real value pick there that will just do that slight bit better than a, a rookie that other people might have. And it gives me a nice 30k for next week to move someone upwards. I like it. You are already making that call at the Collingwood game uh, that she's coming into your team. So oh, I yeah. like to see that you've uh, stuck with that. Stick to my guns. I think for me, my it's more important for me to get in a decent midfielder this week. Kind of what you were saying before, Jono. You're better picking two slightly unders than one really good in a rookie. So that's what I'm doing this week, is making sure that I can pick a gun player next week. Not what Jono is doing this week. Not what Jono is doing. Bowers and two rookies. So <laughs> do what Jono is I say you need doing. to sell the farm, and I think we have to. I'm, I'm following my calls. <laughs> See, that's, that's the problem is I think Bowers is the exception here because Bowers is a sell the farm. I don't think there's any other player at the moment that you'd sell the farm for, which is why I'm not selling the farm. I am just getting Jamie Lambert and moving forward to move forward next week because my plan is to basically move Goldsworthy. I'm playing Goldsworthy this week against Hawthorne. I think that's a good matchup. And then I'll move her upwards to whichever of Harris or Toogood I can afford. Is any part of you interested in selling farm for every man? Uh, no. Great. Didn't want to do that one for a second? No. Well, put it this way. I'd love to, but I don't think the benefit is there for me because it would require me to move up probably a Riddell, which means I'd still be sitting on a, a weaker other midfielder. I think it just doesn't quite fit how I've structured my team. I put it this way, I'd love to have them both, but I just don't think it's the the way that I can get my team as good as possible by the end of the season. Yeah, I think it was you, Jono, that asked me on the weekend, like, oh, would you consider getting in Marinoff? And it literally had not... Was it you that asked me? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. But it had literally not crossed my mind at any point during this entire season to, to do any shuffling. Mm. Yeah. Because uh, you guys, uh, you and Liam, have had Hatchard this whole time. And I felt like I was missing out. So I just went and picked up Hatchard. And, and I'm just surprised both. that it hasn't come around the other way. <laughs> well, I missed out on Noffy last... In, so in season six, Liam had Marinoff and I had Hatchard. And it was like this constant debate of who's going to do better. One of us is happy. One of us is sad every week. Um, I had both. And then I've stuck to my guns and he's swapped. And I just have absolutely no intention of going to Noffy. Like she's almost this player I would just will not have in my team for some <laughs> That is a tough player to have on your never again list. <laughs> Considering she's likely to be the highest or in the highest scoring players for the next probably half a decade. That's a big call. <laughs> I never said never again, just not this season. She's not coming. All right, season. that's 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 much more reasonable. Because I was about to say, if you're just crossing Noffy off the list forever, you're gonna. She's dead to me. Yeah. <laughs> No, I love you, Noffy. I just want to quickly say that the past however many seasons, you've had Kiara Bowers, number one scorer, Ebony Marinoff, number two. Despite all the ups and downs that Bowers has had for the year, it's, it's, she's still it's happened again. top two with Marinoff. Yeah, I don't, it's happened again. so consistent. So consistent. <laughs> Amazing. You basically have to have one of those two to succeed at this game, and yeah. preferably both. I, yeah. think, I think it's that simple. And for me, because I've now got Bowers, I think Marinoff is out of reach. But for people that already have Marinoff, go for Bowers because you're getting the two best players. No, don't, because then I'm not going to do very well. (laughs) I'm pretty sure the top 100 ownership just jumped by about 50% this week. It was like just below 30 start of the round and is now into the 60s. It was part of the reason I did it last week because I was like, oh, the top top 
hundred hasn't really jumped on it yet. I might I might do that. So yeah, I think Bowers is a lot of people are going to be moving around the money to get her into the team this week. Mm. I think that's going to be a very popular trade. Nice. Well, I am going to go Butler out because I think kind of Alan is... Even after your cute points. photo with her? I know. I know. Oh, shattered. She was my D3 for the time with the photo and now she is out. <laughs> Get um, the job. <laughs> <laughs> Got the photo. See you later. You're out. Um, to, I was thinking Dalpost to make some money or potentially... Um, uh, Charlotte Thomas, if I can get her. Lynch is going, getting, going out. I only brought her in last Ooh, round. But that's a big call. Look, this is the one I'm less happy with. To me, Butler out is a no-brainer. Lynch out. No, Jono, we did this last week where I say my trades and then people tell me why that's a bad idea and I question myself. To be hey, fair, what? she's she's selling the farm and that is the no, farm. Look, I, I'm, if you want to sell Lynch, I'm not going to stop you. I just want to know... If you're trading Lynch out after not questioning why she was in the top five defenders, I want to know your reasoning. I reckon she is probably in the top five. The answer is spite, yeah, so you know? The answer is why, spite. So you're trading out a top five defender, and I just want to know what the logic is. I need money. She has money. My bench has only made me five grand for <laughs> And you don't have money from players that aren't a top five in their line. <laughs> Would you consider bottoming out Roberts? No. Ooh. I might go Sheeran. No, I don't know. I really. It was Lynch. That's why I don't like this segment. Well, <laughs> I'll have to go back and think about it. Anyway, let's just. I've got him here. I know that she had a disappointing week. I know that she's an elite, but she's got a lot of money on her for that score. And that's who I was going to go to my to Randall. <laughs> sorry, we'll see what I do. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just, I get so lost because you're like, it's a 32. It's too low for her to not trade on. But Ella Roberts scored a 32 like two weeks two ago weeks and you didn't move her on. <laughs> Like, this is why I'm like... This is why you just, trade I out don't, the rookies. I don't, That's what they're yeah. for. <laughs> okay, maybe I'll figure something out. Um, Do you have Goldsworthy? No. Okay. You're so totally like, welcome to trade out Katie Lynch if you want. I don't want to talk yeah. you out of it. Off the it's back your of those team. two perfect trades that have no outstanding question marks, I was going to do direct devours. While we're doing it, That's I reckon you should just That's straight up one. trade Hatchard out, get rid of her. That's your way to get to Bowers. Well, I, I had Parker question mark. Oh, no! <laughs> no! I, I could actually get around a Parker trade more than I could a Lynch trade, which yeah, sounds I, ridiculous. I actually, I actually agree with you there. I'd rather keep Lynch. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, God. Okay, look, That's stay tuned for what I actually end up doing because apparently it can't be this. We're um, going to need a follow-up on this. I reckon midweek we're going to have to put out a tweet or something just being like, Mel has mm. decided. This is going to be our the decision. <laughs> When I decide, I'll let you know. <laughs> I'll let you know a minute before lockout so you can't shit on my ideas. Well, we can. You just won't be able to trade it. Yeah. You won't be able to fix it. <laughs> oh, no. Well, look, uh, this has been great. <laughs> Let's wrap it up there. Well, I was like, I need, I, need to, I need to cut this short. Need to get yep. out of here. We're done. Um, 
Thanks for listening to Free Kick, the Fantasy W podcast. You can find us on all the social medias and wherever you get your podcasts. On Insta and Twitter, I'm HiMLD. On Twitter, I'm at Odds and Steven. And I'm on Instagram at WillH underscore VI. Catch you next week. Bye. See you, everyone. See ya. Hashtag back and bounce